0: Hello and welcome to Leftist Reading, a podcast where I'm a leftist and I read things. Today we are continuing with the curriculum of Marxism-Leninism, a textbook just going through the foundational principles of Marxism and Leninism. We're going through a whole chapter on materialist dialectics and we're going to get a little bit deeper into that today. Let's get started. Three basic pairs of categories of materialist dialectics. Category is the most general grouping of aspects, attributes, and relations of things, phenomena, and ideas. Different specific fields of inquiry may categorize things, phenomena, and or ideas differently from one another. Annotation 126. Translation note. In Vietnamese, the word tru, is used here, which translates in this context more closely to the English philosophical term category of being, which means the most general, fundamental, or broadest class of entities. Category of being is sometimes simplified in English language philosophical discourse to category, which we have chosen to do here for ease of reading and to better reflect the way it reads in the original Vietnamese. Every science has its own systems of categories that reflect the aspects, attributes, and basic relations that fall within its scope of study. For example, mathematics contains the categories arithmetic, geometry, point, plane, and constant. Physics contains the categories of mass, speed, acceleration, and force, and so on. Economics includes commodity, value, price, monetary, and profit categories. Every such category reflects only the common relations found within the specific fields that fall within the scope of study of a specific science. Categories of materialist dialectics, on the other hand, such as matter, consciousness, motion, contradiction, quality, quantity, reason, and result, are different. Categories of materialist dialectics reflect the most general aspects and attributes, as well as the most basic and general relations of not just some specific fields of study, but of the whole of reality, including all of nature, society, and human thought. Everything, phenomena, and idea has many properties, including a reason for existing in its current form, a process of motion and change, contradictions, content, form, and so on. These properties are aspects, attributes, and relations that are reflected in the categories of materialist dialectics. Therefore, the relationship between the categories of specific sciences and categories of materialist dialectics is a dialectical relationship between the private and the common. Annotation 127 Figure 1. The categories of specific sciences are limited to the scope of study, while the categories of materialist dialectics encompass all things, phenomena, and ideas. Unlike the categories contained within specific scientific fields, the philosophical categories of materialist dialectics can be used to analyse and define all things, phenomena, and ideas. The categories of specific scientific fields and the materialist dialectical categories have a private-slash-common dialectical relationship, discussed in the next page. As a science of general relations and development, materialist dialectics summarizes the most general relations of every field of nature, society, and human thought into basic category pairs. Private and common, reason and result, obviousness and randomness, content and form, essence and phenomenon, possibility and reality. Annotation 128. Every individual materialist dialectical category has a dialectical relationship with another materialist dialectical category. Thus, all categories in materialist dialectics are presented as category pairs. So, a category pair is simply a pair of categories within materialist dialectics which have a dialectical relationship with one another. Note that this formalised system of category pairs reflects many decades of work by Vietnamese philosophical and political scientists based on the works of Marx, Engels and Lenin and other socialist thinkers. Also note that these are not the only category pairs that can be discussed. There are potentially an infinite number of categories which can be used in materialist dialectical analysis. However, universal category pairs, which can be applied to analyse any and all things, phenomena and ideas, are much fewer and farther between. That said, the universal category pairs discussed in this book are the ones which have most often been used by Marx, Engels, Lenin, and other prominent materialist dialecticians. 1. Private and Common. A. Categories of Private and Common. The private category encompasses specific things, phenomena, and ideas. The common category defines the common aspects, attributes, factors, and relations that exist in many things and phenomena. Within every private thing, phenomenon, and idea, there exists the common, and also the unique. The unique encompasses the attributes and characteristics that exist in only one specific thing, phenomenon, or idea, and does not repeat in any other things, phenomena, or ideas. Annotation 129. Figure 2. Showing private category, common category. Two private apples, and then apples in common. The private category includes specific individual things, phenomena, and ideas. The common category includes aspects, factors, and relations that exist in many things, phenomena, and ideas. For example, say there are two apples. Apple A and Apple B. Apple A is a specific individual object. Apple B is another distinct separate object. In that sense, both apples are private apples and fall within the private category. However, both Apple A and Apple B share common attributes. For instance, they are both fruits of the same type, apple. They may have other attributes in common. They may be the same color, they may have the same basic shape, they may be of similar size, etc. These are common attributes which they share. Thus Apple A and Apple B will also fall within the common category, based on these common attributes. Apple A and Apple B will also have unique attributes. Only Apple A has the exact molecules in the exact place and time which compose apple a there is no other object in the world which has those same molecules in that same place and time this means that apple a also has unique properties figure three diagram of private and common attributes all private subjects have attributes in common with other private subjects the common and private categories have a dialectical relationship. The common contains the private, and the private contains the common. Every private subject has some attributes in common with other private subjects, and common attributes can only exist among private subjects. Thus, everything, phenomenon, and idea in existence contains internally within itself dialectical relationships between the private and the common and has dialectical private-slash-common relationships externally within other things, phenomena, and ideas. Figure 4. Diagram of Unique and Common Attributes. All private subjects have attributes in common with other private subjects. It is also true that every private subject contains within itself unique attributes which it does not share, with any other thing, phenomenon, or idea. For example, Mount Everest is unique in that it is 8850 meters tall. No other mountain on earth has that exact same height. Therefore the private subject, Mount Everest, has unique properties which it does not share with any other subject, even though it has other attributes in common with countless other private entities. Figure 5. All things, phenomena, and ideas contain the unique, the private, and the common. Whenever two individual subjects have a relationship with one another, that relationship is a unique relationship in the sense that it is a relationship that is shared only by those two specific subjects. However, there will also be common attributes and properties which any such relationship will share with other relationships in existence. This recalls the principle of unity in diversity and diversity in unity. See annotation 107. So, thing, phenomenon, and idea contains the common and the unique, and has unique and common relationships with other things, phenomena, and ideas. This category pair is very useful in developing a comprehensive viewpoint. See annotation 114. Remember that a comprehensive viewpoint indicates an understanding of the internal and external relationships of a given subject. This means that in order to develop a comprehensive viewpoint, you must know the private aspects of each individual relation component and aspect of the subject, and you must also study the commonalities of this subject as well. It's also important to study a variety of private information sources or data points to look for commonalities between them. In other words, if you want to have a proper comprehensive viewpoint, see annotation 113, about any subject, you have to find and analyze as many private data points and pieces of evidence as possible. For example, if a person only ever saw one apple, a green apple, then that person might believe that all apples are green. This conclusion would be premature. The person is attempting to make an assumption about the common without examining enough privates. This is a failure of mistaking the private for the common, which stems from a lack of a comprehensive viewpoint. Now let's take a look at an example of how the unique can become common and vice versa. Figure 6 private-slash-common development of Kalashnikov's prototype AK-47. Unique things, phenomena, and ideas can become common through development processes, and vice versa. In 1941, a Soviet soldier named Mikhail Kalashnikov was in the hospital after being wounded in the Battle of Bryansk. Another soldier in the hospital said to Kalashnikov, quote, Why do our soldiers only have one rifle for two or three of our men, while the Germans have automatics? To solve this problem, Kalashnikov designed the AK-47 machine gun. When he finished making the first prototype, it was the only AK-47 in the world. At this precise moment, the AK-47 was simultaneously unique, private, and common. It was unique because it was the first and only AK 47 in the world, and no other object in the world had those properties. It was private because it was a specific object with its own individual existence. It was common, even though it was the only existing prototype, because it shared common features with other rifles and with other prototypes. It was the only AK 47 in existence. Soon however the Soviet Union began manufacturing them and they became very common. Now there are millions of AK-47s in the world, so today that prototype machine gun remains simultaneously unique, private and common with some slight developments. It remains private because it is a specific object with its own individual existence. Even though it is no longer the only AK-47 in existence, it remains unique because it is still the very first AK-47 that was ever made, and even though there are now many other AK-47s, there's no other rifle in the universe that shares that same unique property. It remains common because it still shares common features with other rifles and other prototypes, but it now also shares commonality with many other AK-47 rifles. It is no longer unique for having the properties of an AK-47 in and of itself. If someone were to destroy Kalashnikov's prototype AK-47, the private of that object would no longer exist, it would remain only as an idea, and the private would transform to whatever becomes of the material components of the rifle. The unique would also no longer remain specifically as it was before being destroyed. However, there would still be many other AK-47s which would share common features related to that prototype. For instance, that they were all designed based on the prototype's design. Translators note. The words private, common, and unique may seem unusual because they are direct translations from the Vietnamese words used to describe these concepts in the original text. Various other words have been used by Marx, Engels, Lenin, and other materialist dialecticians when discussing the underlying concepts of these philosophical categories. For instance, in most translations of Lenin, his discussion of such topics is u- typically translated into English using words such as universal, general, special, particular, etc. Example, from Lenin's philosophical notebooks. Quote, Language in essence expresses only the universal. What is meant, however, is the special, the particular. Hence, what is meant cannot be said in speech. End quote. Here, universal refers to that which is common in all things, phenomena, and ideas, and special slash particular refers to the private, specific individual things, phenomena, and ideas, along with their unique properties. Here are excerpts, from Lenin's philosophical notebooks discussing these concepts. It, the most universal word of all. Who is it? I. Every person is an I. Das Sinnlich? It is universal, etc., etc. This? Everyone is this. Why can the particular not be named? One of the objects of a given kind, tables, is distinguished by something from the rest. Leaves of a tree are green, John is a man, Fido is a dog, etc. Here already we have dialectics, as Hegel's genius recognized, the individual is the universal, and a naive confusion, a helplessly pitiful confusion in the dialectics of the universal and the particular, of the concept and the sensuously perceptible reality of individual objects, things, phenomena. Further, the subsumption under logical categories of sensibility, sensibilitat, irritability, irritabilitat, this is said to be the particular in contrast to the universal, and reproduction is an idle game, End quote. Marx too discussed these concepts using words which are commonly translated into English using different terms. For example, in Capital, quote, the general form of relative value. Embracing the whole world of commodities converts the single commodity that is excluded from the rest and made to play the part of equivalent, here the linen, into the universal equivalent. Here, general form refers to the commonalities of form that exist between all commodities. The single commodity refers to a private commodity, a specific commodity that exists separately from all other commodities and when referring to a universal equivalent, Marx is referring to equivalents which such a commodity has in common with every other commodity. The rest of this passage continues as a materialist dialectical analysis of the private, common, and unique features and aspects of commodities. Quote, The bodily form of the linen is now the form assumed in common by the values of all commodities. It therefore becomes directly exchangeable with all and every of them. The substance linen becomes the visible incarnation, the social chrysalis state of every kind of human labour. Weaving, which is the labour of certain private individuals producing a particular article, linen, acquires in consequence a social character, the character of equality with all other kinds of labour. The innumerable equations of which the general form of value is composed equate in turn the labour embodied in the linen to that embodied in every other commodity, and they thus convert weaving into the general form of manifestation of undifferentiated human labour. In this manner the labour realised in the values of commodity is presented not only under its negative aspect under which abstraction is made from every concrete form and useful property of actual work, but its own positive nature is made to reveal itself expressly. The general value form is the reduction of all kinds of actual labour to their common character of being human labour generally, of being the expenditure of human labour power." The general value form, which represents all products of labor as mere congelations of undifferentiated human labor, shows by its very structure that it is the social resume of the world of commodities. That form consequently makes it indisputably evident that in the world of commodities, the character possessed by all labor of being human labor constitutes its specific social character. End quote. We have chosen to use the terms private, common, and unique in the translation of this text because they most closely match the words used in the original Vietnamese. In summary, it is important to realize that you may encounter the underlying concepts which are related by these words using various phrasings in the writings of Marx, Engels, Lenin, etc. Dialectical relationship between private and common According to the materialist dialectical viewpoint, the private, the common, and the unique exist objectively. See annotation 108. The common only exists within the private. It expresses its existence through the private. Annotation 130. The common can't exist as a specific thing, phenomenon, or idea, However, every specific thing, phenomenon, or idea exists as a private subject which has various features in common with other private things, phenomena, and ideas. We can therefore only understand the common through observation and study of various private things, phenomena, and ideas. For example, a human can't perceive with our senses alone the common of apples. Only by observing many private apples can we begin to derive an understanding of what all private apples might have in common. The common does not exist in isolation from the private, therefore commonality is inseparable from things, phenomena, and ideas. The private only exists in relation to the common. Likewise there is no private that exists in complete isolation from the common. Annotation 131. No commonality can it possibly exist outside of private things, phenomena, and ideas because commonality describes features which different things, phenomena, and ideas share. No private thing, phenomenon, or idea can possibly exist absolutely without commonality because there is no thing, phenomenon, or idea that shares absolutely no features with any other thing phenomenon or idea. The private category is more all-encompassing and diverse than the common category. Common is a part of private, but it is more profound and more essential than the private. This is because private is the synthesis of the common and the unique. The common expresses generality and the regular predictability of many privates. Annotation 132 The private encompasses all aspects of a specific individual thing, phenomenon, or idea, thus it encompasses all aspects, features, and attributes of a given subject, including both the common and the unique. In this way, the private is the synthesis of the common and the unique. Common attributes require more consideration, effort, and study to properly determine, because multiple private subjects must be considered and analyzed before common attributes can be confidently discovered and understood. They offer us a more profound understanding of the essence see essence and phenomenon and nature of things, phenomena and ideas because they offer insights into the relationships between and within different things, phenomena and ideas. As we discover more commonalities and understand them more deeply, we begin to develop a more comprehensive perspective of reality. We begin to develop an understanding of the laws and principles which govern relations between and within things, phenomena, and ideas. And this gives us the power to more accurately predict how processes will develop and how things, phenomena, and ideas will change and mutually impact one another over time. Under specific conditions, the common and the unique can transform into each other. See Annotation 129. The dialectical relationship between private and common was summarized by Lenin. Quote, Consequently, the opposites, the individual as opposed to the universal, are identical. The individual exists only in the connection that leads to the universal. The universal exists only in the individual and through the individual. Every individual is, in one way or another, a universal. Every universal is a fragment or an aspect or the essence of an individual. Every universal only approximately embraces all the individual objects. Every individual enters incompletely into the universal, etc, etc. Every individual is connected by thousands of transitions with other kinds of individuals things phenomena ideas etc end quote footnote one note individual and universal here refer to the same underlying concepts of private and common respectively meaning of the methodology we must acknowledge and recognize the common in order to study the private in our cognitive and practical activities If we fail to acknowledge the common, then whenever we attempt to understand and comprehend any private thing, phenomenon, or idea, we will make mistakes and become disoriented. To understand the common, we have to study and observe the private, because the common does not exist abstractly outside of the private. Annotation 133 Our understanding of common attributes arises from the observation and study of private things, phenomena, and ideas. At the same time, developing our understanding of commonalities between and within private subjects deepens our understanding of their essential nature. See Essence and Phenomenon. Figure 7 Dialectical Analysis Through Private and Common. Dialectical analysis of private and common characteristics involves observing private subjects to determine common attributes and considering common attributes to gain insights about private subjects. It is impossible to know anything at all about the common without observing private subjects, and attempting to understand private subjects without taking into consideration the attributes and features which they have in common with other private subjects. lead to incomplete and erroneous analysis. In addition, we must identify the common features and attributes of every specific private subject we study. We must avoid being dogmatic, metaphysical, and inflexible in applying our knowledge of commonalities to solve problems and interpret the world. Annotation 134 dogmatism and revisionism in relation to the private and common. Dogmatism is the inflexible adherence to ideals as incontrovertibly true while refusing to take any contradictory evidence into consideration. Dogmatism stands in direct opposition to materialist dialectics which seeks to form opinions and conclusions only after careful consideration of all observable evidence. Dogmatism typically arises when the common is overemphasized without due consideration of the private. A dogmatic position is one which adheres to ideals about commonalities without taking private subjects into consideration. Dogmatism can be avoided by continuously studying and observing and analyzing private subjects and taking any evidence which contradicts erroneous perceptions of false commonalities into consideration. This will simultaneously deepen our understanding of the private while improving our understanding of the common. For example, Sally might observe a few red apples and arrive at the conclusion all apples are red. If Sally is then presented with a green apple, yet refuses to acknowledge it by continuing to insist that all apples are red, then Sally is engaging in dogmatism. According to Vietnam's Curriculum of the Philosophy of Marxism-Leninism for university and college students specializing in Marxism-Leninism and Ho Chi Minh thought, the opposite of dogmatism is revisionism. Revisionism occurs when we overestimate the private and fail to recognize commonalities. In failing to recognize common attributes and features between and within things, phenomena and ideas... The revisionist faces confusion and disorientation whenever they encounter any new things, phenomena and ideas, because they lack any insight into essential characteristics of the subject and its relations with other subjects. For example, if Sally has spent a lot of time studying a red apple, she might start to become confident that she understands everything there is to know about apples, if she is then presented with a green apple. She might become confused and disoriented, and draw the conclusion that she has to start all over again with her analysis from scratch, thinking, this can't possibly be an apple because it's not red, it must be something else entirely. Sally can avoid this revisionist confusion by examining the other common features which the red and green apples share before making any conclusions. Metaphysical perception of the private and common The metaphysical position attempts to categorise things, phenomena, and ideas into static categories which are isolated and distinct from one another. See annotation 8. In this way, the metaphysical perception ultimately fails to properly understand the role of both the private and the common. Categories may be arranged in taxonomic configurations based on shared features, but ultimately every category is seen as distinct and isolated from every other category. This perspective severs the dialectical relationship between the private, the common, and the unique, and thus leads to a distorted perception of reality. As Engels wrote in Socialism, Utopian and Scientific, Quote, the analysis of nature into its individual parts, the grouping of the different natural processes and objects in definite classes, the study of the internal anatomy of organized bodies in their manifold forms, these were the fundamental conditions of the gigantic strides in our knowledge of nature that have been made during the last 400 years. But this method of work has also left us as legacy the habit of observing natural objects and processes in isolation, apart from their connection with the vast whole, of observing them in repose, not in motion, as constraints, not as essentially variables, in their death, not in their life. And when this way of looking at things was transferred by Bacon and Locke from natural science to philosophy, it begot the narrow metaphysical mode of thought peculiar to the last century. In other words, Engels point out that separating and dividing private subjects into distinct and isolated categories without acknowledging the dialectical nature of the private and the common leads to severe limitations on what we can learn about the world, instead we have to examine things, phenomena, and ideas in relation to one another, which must include the analysis of commonalities. Rather than divide subjects into distinct, separate categories, materialist dialectics seek to examine private subjects as they really exist, as a synthesis of unique and common attributes and simultaneously to examine commonalities as they really exist, as properties which emerge from the relations of private objects. In our cognitive and practical activities, we must be able to take advantage of suitable conditions that will enable transformations from the unique and the common, and vice versa, for our specific purposes. Annotation 135. In advancing the cause of socialism, revolutionaries must work to transform our unique positions into common positions. For instance, the process of developing revolutionary public knowledge see annotation 94, begins with studying and understanding revolutionary knowledge. Initially, this knowledge will be unique to the socialist movement. By disseminating the knowledge to the public, we hope to transform this knowledge into common knowledge. Likewise, we hope to transform other common things, phenomena, and ideas back towards the unique. For instance, the capitalist mode of production is currently the most common mode of production on earth. In order to advance humanity towards communism, we must transition the capitalist mode of production from the common towards the unique, with the ambition of eventually eliminating this mode of production altogether. And that is going to do it for this week. If you have any questions, comments, corrections or suggestions, you can email leftistreading at gmail.com or contact the show on Twitter at leftistreading. The intro and outro music is Decisions with Eric Medias. You can find it and more of his work on soundimage.org. And the show is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network. You can find this and lots of other leftist podcasts at abnormalmapping.com or support the network and Patreon at patreon.com abnormalmapping and get lots of bonus shows for the network there, too. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening, and keep reading.